Good morning. It's November 8th, a crisp, lovely morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. Yesterday's election results are in. In the major contests in New York State, the voters agreed to change the debt limit for small city school districts, and even more overwhelmingly, to extend the debt limit exemption for sewage facilities. Clear sweeping mandates here in our local corner of the grand pageant of democracy. Elsewhere in America, Ohio voters put the right to an abortion into the state constitution, with more than 95% of the vote in on the New York Times result tracker. Yes has 56.6% of the vote to 43.4% of the vote. You can read that as more evidence for the overwhelming popularity of abortion rights in America, even in a heavily Republican state. Or you can look at it as a sign that if the Republicans of Ohio had succeeded in their earlier bid to raise the threshold for such a ballot measure to 60%, they might have successfully prevented the people from getting what they wanted. In Virginia, despite the best efforts of the National Press Corps to turn Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin, the fleece-vested right-wing culture warrior, into an avatar of palatable and respectable conservatism, and Youngkin's preferred 15-week abortion ban into a non-issue, the voting public handed full control of the state legislature to the Democrats. On its results page last night, the Times summarized what was narratively and politically at stake in the election by writing, Governor Glenn Youngkin isn't on the ballot, but Virginia's elections for 140 seats in the state legislature are very much about his future. If Republicans can arrest the 40-seat Senate from Democratic hands, giving the GOP control of the state government for the first time since 2013, it will burnish Mr. Youngkin's image as a presidential contender in 2028 or even 2024. He has said that he will decide whether to make a bid later this month. As billed, notice there's no mention of the abortion ban that the legislature would have passed if Youngkin had gotten his way. Notice also that in a world where Republicans are always the prime movers of politics, the outcome under consideration was whether they could defeat the Democrats for the Senate, and not whether they could fail to win the Senate and also lose control of the lower house. Objectivity. Can't run a politics desk without it. On the front of the morning newspaper, besides the Ohio result, the Times has a lead story, Israelis invoking toll of U.S. wars as moral shield, recounting how, faced with this shocking death toll in Gaza, Israel is pointing to Hiroshima and Nagasaki, among other U.S. actions, to complain about being unfairly criticized. There is a bit of a point there, but it's not necessarily pointing the way that they think. We'll probably cover more of the moral lessons of the carpet bombing of Gaza in the newsletter itself. In other news of double standards that did not make the print deadline of the Times, 22 Democrats in the House of Representatives joined most of the Republicans in voting to censure Representative Rashida Tlaib for having referred to Israel's system of unequal rights for Palestinians as apartheid and for having supported the use of the slogan from the river to the sea to express Palestinian ambitions for liberation. Within the rules of American political discourse, these are treated as expressions of anti-Semitism, and so a majority of the House lined up behind a movement for censure originally started by Marjorie Taylor Greene, the exponent of the theory that California wildfires were started by the Rothschilds using space lasers, because an actual overt domestic anti-Semitic political movement is a valuable ally for keeping pro-Palestinian rhetoric in check. Inside the newspaper, the breakdown in American public health has led to an 11-fold increase in fully preventable congenital syphilis infections in babies compared to the rate a decade ago. 
and the world's fossil fuel giants, the Times reports on page A13, are on course this decade to produce twice the amount of fossil fuels than a critical global warming threshold allows. The world remains, the Times writes, on track to produce around 110% more oil, gas, and coal through 2030, as would be allowable if governments wanted to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. The world was also set to overshoot by 69% the amount of fossil fuels consistent with limiting warming to 2 degrees Celsius. Beyond those thresholds, the world faces the danger of irreversible and catastrophic damage from climate change, scientists say. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we'll talk again tomorrow.